Prepare to have knowledge bestowed upon you. Here comes the number one podcast for Dynasty Fantasy Football, half PPR, 10 and 12 man leagues, the Fantasy Podfathers. Welcome to the Fantasy Podfathers, the podcast dedicated to 10 and 12 man dynasty using half PPR as our guiding light. And as always, no kickers. I just want to lead off saying I think a new feature for the show I tend to pull a lot of numbers out of my ass when we do this. So I just added a sound last week. When I'm right, there will be a ding. And when I'm wrong, uh, we'll sound the foghorn. There's a nice little wrinkle to the show. What sound effect do you have for uh, a fellow who got kicked in the fantasy testicles this week? Oh, I've got this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Had a had a rough week. Did uh did a little bit of everything wrong. Started a wrong player to lose a game. Uh, was the second highest score in the league to lose a game. Lost in uh, like my must win matchup in the league. It was all around a, a, a shit fest of, of excitement for me. How about yourself? Yeah, I had a pretty solid week. Uh, won three of my four dynasties. And a little side note, <laughs> I just want to reiterate the dynasty patience. Uh, the league where I, I thought my running back situation was so bad that I was ready to fold it up in the preseason. I am in first and am outscoring the next team by like well over a hundred. So, yeah. so Hey, just, just don't throw in the towel so early, but, um, the one I lost, I actually got flacco'd. You've been flacco. Uh, Joe Flacco, a guy who didn't even know fob on him, uh, just a guy picked up off the wire after he cleared, outscored Pat Mahomes by like four times. Good Lord. Joe Flacco really is kind of the next Mike White, isn't he? God, he looks good. I think they will have time to get to know each other because from what I saw, I think they are both on the COVID protocol uh, for contact this week. So... After he shows up to put a glorious beat down on me, he's right back to gone. So he must have learned that trick from Fitzpatrick. He has a <laughs> he has a way of doing that to me. Coming off of the wire, beating me, and then fading back into obscurity. Yeah, real real quick on that note too, because we don't want to spend we have that rule that we don't spend more than twenty seconds talking about any of the jets. Um It's a good rule. Yeah. Zach Wilson better do something because Mike White and Joe Flacco just look good. <laughs> exactly. So, and Flacco, uh, as I pointed out, is a dude that no fob on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we like to talk a little fob. Think you know what that means? Oh, you hear that, that in the background? Means. Yeah. Yeah. It's time for I got fob on it. You know, you're using the, uh, remind me that term again. You, we, the, the putty player, the putty player, which I like that, that, that guy that you get to just fill in the gap and see if you can make it float. And I think, I think last week we talked about some putty players out there. Um, we can kind of see how they did. Like we talked about how Adrian Peterson was a putty player and, uh, looks like he's putty no more. He did get cut. And here's the other thing to think about. That's probably it for Peterson. That was the ideal situation for a free agent running back to land in. Right. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. When you're a Hall of Fame running back, you can't be expected to beat the likes of 
Dante Foreman or Jeremy McNichols. We also saw a guy like Cam Newton go. And that was Fob that probably paid off for it. You probably didn't have to spend that much for him. Either. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, how about how about you? You pick up anybody on Fob this week? Well, you know, ironically, uh, we talked about Khalil Herbert last week. Oh, I have heard yeah. about him. Yeah. And uh, he happened to uh, get cut right after uh, we, we recorded our podcast. And, I uh, see. And uh, in, in a league that we played together, the Nasty, and uh, looks like uh, looks like two people in the league who had been in tune to the Khalil Herbert situation put some fob on it. Um, yeah, how much? Uh, how much you put down? I put on two buck. Ah, oh, I see. Uh, do you have any interest? Oh, I actually did. I put in a claim on him as well. Uh, I put on zero dollars because uh, that's. Um, just one dollar less than all of the dollars I have. I did actually. Must be honest. Our podcast helped me with that uh, two dollar. <laughs> <rent. laughs> right. I was like, well, I know one other person who might be interested, so I will raise his dollar and give him a two dollar. <laughs> I would have been disappointed if I had spent my dollar and didn't get him. I. Uh, I did go back to the short, long, and gone segment in my head last week when I thought, I need to make a cut. I got to get a player up on my bench. But uh, And I was like in that spot with Khalil Herbert, just looking at him being like, Dynasty, right. do I cut him? And I, I decided to hold on to him because I, I had a strategy in place uh, that I was maybe going to try to trade for David Montgomery this last week. Ah, uh, yes. Um. Which uh, I got out, outbid for. So I do. I am not the proud owner of David Montgomery, but I am the proud owner of his backup, who cost me two buck. So if Montgomery yeah. gets hurt, yay for me. Yeah, and the price that was paid for Montgomery was rather steep. So I don't know. I still like him. He's young enough. He's got long-term value. He's one of those guys that's been around a few years, so you might think he's a little older than he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, Montgomery's 24 years old. Exactly. And it seems like he's been around the league for forever. You know, we should talk about some trade value in Dynasty, and I think that trade's a good way to analyze that. Let's lay it out there. This is This is the trade that went down in our league. The Nasty, a 10-man half-PPR dynasty featuring practice squad. We saw David Montgomery and T. Higgins get traded from a team that's feeling like they're out of contention. They're still technically in contention, but looking at their roster, they they had a long, long ways to go. They got a first-round pick and a third-round pick next year and a second-round pick in 2023. So essentially... A first and a second and a third for David Montgomery. What a haul. And, and T. Higgins, which I think for me, you know, I know we spoke. I said my max price for David Montgomery was a first round pick. That was my max. Right. And and I justified it in exactly what you said. Twenty four years old. Exactly. Right? It's still there's guys coming in the draft at that right. age. I think like right. Keyshawn Vaughn might have come in at twenty four. Mm-hmm. And look how great he was. Um, <laughs> I mean, he played last night, by the way. Oh, did he? Oh, man, got in there right at the uh, right after the two-minute warning to take, I believe, one or two handoffs. Uh, yes, quality. So and, he's and the other guy, the guy that got drafted the year before him, Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. uh, actually younger. 
that rookie doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Um, mm-hmm. You you might want to do some more digging. Like in the year in in the league three years, uh, yeah, that that isn't as clarifying as it might sound. Yeah, and you know the other thing I say when you're analyzing these deals is you really got to think like if you're buying David Montgomery, you're playing for this year. Right, and he's got immediate value. I kind of set my ceiling at a first round pick because you know if if I don't if you don't win it all this year and you trade for David Montgomery, you kind of threw away your your first round pick next year who could turn out to be much better than David Montgomery. I mean, I like Montgomery's talent. Um, I don't like the team he's on. You know, I guess it came down for me on why I set my price the way I did is I I could not bring myself to say. Yeah, I want the leading rusher for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> but like you try saying it, it doesn't feel good. Like yeah. David Montgomery has has been injured for four games this year. He's had two games uh, over ten points. So wow. So it's I mean his upcoming schedule looks decent. It looks juicy. I understand it, um, but you know. How many how many times do you feel like the Bears are going to be guaranteed to score two rushing touchdowns a game? Yeah, and I don't, I don't expect much out of the Bears scoring wise. No, and Justin Fields might Jalen hurts you. True, which I don't like. So, anyways, to kind of think about it. when you're thinking about a trade in Dynasty, you've got to be thinking like how much are you how much are you giving up of next year's draft value to to win now. Um, and we have guys in our league, we have guys we've seen play who are always in that mode. They'll always tra- trade away their whole draft to try to win now. And we have other guys we see who try to trade away their players to hoard draft picks. Yeah, I've seen both strategies employed. Strangely enough, I've seen both work. Mm-hmm. I used to be one of those guys where there was a right way and a wrong way to do this. And, oh, you're not doing it. I've seen it. People take swings in every direction. Success seems seems to be pretty, pretty evenly distributed among the I strategies. Agree. I agree. You either buy proven talent or you load up on picks. So you only need two of your four to pan out for you to be right. You know, I don't know if you want to if we should go into our next segment here on exactly what do you do with those guys once they're on your roster. A little short, long, and gone here today. Short, long, or gone. Yeah, you pick up these guys. Like I said, it might be that putty player that you need to fill a gap and get you a start. Um, <laughs> and for me, that's the big curse. When you pick up a guy and he does what he's supposed to and then some more, and then next thing you know, you've owned Ryan Tannehill for four years because you can't get rid of him. Uh, um, I, I would much rather that the player came in like a Jordan Howard, did his job for two weeks, and then got the bleep out of my life. Yep. Yep. So um, uh, who, who we got on the docket this week? Well, uh, before we head in, Ron, I'm getting a crackle on your end. I uh, mess with my settings and it's really screwing with me in my head, but I don't want to change them now that we started. Great. Just be consistently Um, shitty. That's our motto around here. That's right. I feel like that's a standard we can hold to. (laughs) Consistently shitty. Right. (laughs) Z-Pod I feel like I'm going to have you kick off this segment here because you have a a quarterback that we're talking about uh, in Matt Ryan that you... I think you kind of 
maybe you don't even want to talk about him, but I'm going to make it. This will be like a therapy session from you and Matt Ryan. Okay. Okay. We're just going to talk this out. All yeah. right. Let's just yep. start at the beginning. Yep. The nasty is like 11 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan was a mid-round pick for me in the initial draft. He is a guy I've had from day one. Um, so I don't take this lightly. Uh, I definitely think I got my value out of him, but at 36, lead-footed, um, his weapons uh, kind of been limited around there this season. Man, the long-term prospects aren't great, and now the short-term prospects are pretty much useless. So for me, sadly, I think Matt Ryan is going to be gone. Gone! Yeah. I I would tell you I don't think I would pick him up if you cut him. I don't you know, like it's like that insurance policy where you're you like look at your roster and you're like, Oh, I feel good, Matt Ryan's my backup and then you gotta play him and you're like, I don't feel good, Matt Ryan's my backup. For for uh about nine or ten years I did. Right. <laughs> it was he was the perfect backup, but now uh ouch. No, fuck. No. And uh, in a dynasty for me, he's gone too. Gone! All you have to do to stop Atlanta right now is double team Kyle Pitts, and there literally is no other talent for him to throw it to. You're never going to have to put eight in the box against Mike Davis. <laughs> no, he's another one of those. That's the fob dog that followed me home. Hey, McCaffrey went down. I could use a little help at running back. Oh, Mike Davis? Oh, hey, he signed with another team? Oh, geez. I guess yeah. I'm stuck with him because uh, he's got just a little too much value to cut. Uh, again, welcome to 2021 where Atlanta's running back situation is Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson. <laughs> and, <laughs> and one of them's a top 10 one. And Joe Flacco is outperforming Matt Ryan off of the, the Jets, the bottom of the Jets bench. And I just... I don't know what to do anymore. You've been Flacco. Yeah, so I think we both agree Ryan's gone. We had an interesting one here. Um, and actually, we can kind of tie this into last week's trade segment. I said um, you might want to think about trading for Clyde Edwards Hilaire this week because we didn't know what the time show was going to be between him and Daryl Williams. Oh, and yes. And I don't feel like it was good news for Daryl Williams. The reason that I have $1 in the nasty is that I believe I dropped somewhere in the neighborhood of $72 picking him up. Um, I was so running back needy. Yeah. And, and you know, what a, what a great offense to, to buy into. And he was worth every dollar. But now we've reached that point of the season where – Guess what? Uh, I had to look him up. He's something like 26. So he's not uh, completely out of long-term value. He's going to eat up another spot on my bench. Mm-hmm. I I want to say gone here so bad, but I just can't yet. I have to wait and see if Edwards Hilaire holds up. Yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely some concern of, of that. But like I said, the age at 26, the offense that he's in, the fact that he seems to be next man up behind a guy who is starting to earn a little bit of an injury-prone label, 
I can't cut him. I'm going to have to say long. long. I would actually go short on him myself. Short. I'm willing to hold on to him. I don't know what his contract situation is, but I, I would be willing to hold on to him um, through this year and see if he ends up somewhere else next season. But um, his value is standalone only if Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets hurt. And um, yeah, I, I just think like at 27 free agent, you're not going anywhere to be the future back. From here on out, he's going to be a backup running back that, barring injury, he's going to be hard to have on the roster. He's quickly becoming my next Raheem Mostert. Yeah. He is right in there where he's just good enough. Um, (laughs) Damn it. Yeah, that's a a tough call. We'll have to revisit him in a few weeks, uh, see if Clyde's healthy and how much Gerald gets. But uh, in in Clyde Edwards-Alaire's first game back, Daryl Williams scored three fantasy points. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. It's really his value is only is is completely tied to Edwards Hilaire's right. health. Well, and we can use that. We've been talking about Cleo Herbert a lot, but that's a good example. Cleo Herbert's twenty three, and his talent looked unbelievable when he hit the field. Uh, Daryl Williams had one really good looking game, but he's twenty six. So, you know, uh, to me, that's the difference between. Uh, short and long when I'm deciding on a player. Yeah, that's him going somewhere to join in a timeshare with Carlos Hyde and Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. Probably Atlanta as they retool their running back position, or who knows, maybe the two backs from Atlanta go down to Houston and join those three where they have 12 running backs and you want to own none of them. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's far-fetched, but hey, I got flaccoed this week, so let's yep. not rule anything out just yet. You've been flacco. Was it was it Chester Taylor? Is that the running back I'm thinking of? Went to the Vikings when he As was a like big free agent signing, right? And he was like 28 years old, yeah, 27 years Baltimore. old, right? And to me, like Daryl Williams will be the next. Chester Taylor, where you'll get, you'll be really excited about owning him until the draft. And then you'll be like, Oh, Oh, I still was in the preseason. I was like, Oh, Chester Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to worry about this. Adrian Peterson guy. He's, yeah, he's, totally he's nothing. nothing to be concerned about. I've seen tape on Chester Taylor. Right. Yeah. I'm this, all good here. This Adrian Peterson guy wanted to play in a few games for the Titans and get cut. Probably. Yeah. He's not like he's going to be around for like 20 years. That'd yeah. be stupid. Yeah, Only so, Frank Gore can do that. Yeah, so I think he might be a fool's gold next year, too, for someone who's thinking that they've got a starting running back. <sighs> yeah, and like I said, he he's holding just enough value that I'm going to be that Raheem Mostert holding some bitch just waiting to cut him when he's 29. Let's talk about a wide receiver, see if they should be eating up your roster spot. Um, how do you feel about Mr. Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, right now is vastly different from what, what I would have told you eight weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that Buffalo offense, as much as people seem to be enjoying them, really haven't put up those numbers. No, There's been a couple of good games where they really broke out. But other than that, they have been pedestrian. And yep. he's obviously not the number one if the game plan doesn't go great he's not uh not a factor 
Yeah. And I don't even have, I don't know, an age guess on him. He's got to be 30, right? 31. Oh, just wait till I tell you this one. It's going to shock you. He's 34 years old. Because he got drafted with Antonio. So what, what would you do with him if you, if you got him on your roster and you got to make that decision? On, on its face, he's a straight cut. Just yeah. looking at it and, and everything we just highlighted. But there's still enough potential there with that offense what it really comes down to is who do you replace him with? Yeah. I mean, yeah. go look at the wire. You want some Kendrick Bourne? I've had him seven or eight times this year. And I mean, it, it's something that's what you're looking at replacing him with. If, if you're staying positionally, I thought I'd look at the wire and, and see the, the top scoring players available and see if you'd replace them with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. And that player at the top of the list is Kendrick Bourne. He should be, in most leagues, the um, highest percentage rostered player that is not rostered in your league. If you want to talk about the most um, dependable stat line, I'm going to give you the last five weeks of Kendrick Bourne. He has four catches, four catches, three catches, four catches, and four catches. Yeah. Hey, that's about enough to make him number one there. (laughs) I know. So if you, if you want four catches, uh, I guess I would say the same thing. Emmanuel Sanders to me is short, and I'm probably not feeling good about starting him, but um, I'm not going to cut him just to cut him. I'd have to, I'd have to. He'd be the first person I'd cut if I found a player, but uh, I'm going to hold on to him because I think you're right. I don't think there's a better wide receiver out there as of today. Sure. No, uh, looking at my wires, uh, Bourne is that top guy. Um, you've got a dude like Raymond in Detroit. Yeah. who is in Detroit and five foot eight. Um, what about a guy like Jalen Rieger? You got any interest in that? <clears throat> no, God, I no, I really, I don't. I kind of hate Jalen Rieger. You kind of touched a nerve there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Sizzling hot takes. Jalen Rieger to me is like maybe like Duvernay. Um, on the Ravens, like Sammy Watkins, I do not want the number two wide receiver in a run first uh, quarterback rushing team that uh, has a good defense. Like I just Rieger to me is no, I, I don't want him. I would rather have Emmanuel Sanders than Jalen Rieger. I agree. I just, I don't, yeah, that, that Philly offense is not designed to support two wide receivers and they just ponied up a bunch for Godert. So Rieger's like the third on it on the list. And he's four targets a game is not going to do it for me. We had uh, at the tight end position, we had Cole commit. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but looks right on paper. Commit, commit. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. you know, Uh you know what that means. What? You know what? You just made the list. Oh, he did make the list of names. Cole Commit. It's a stupid name. It is. You know what? I'd like to buy a vowel, please. Yeah. And I'd like to give it to Cole Comet. What? Let's talk about this. How cool would he be if he was Cole Comet? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's way true. cooler. That's a, little bit of, that's a little bit of branding that needed to happen. Hey, Cole Comet. Okay, I, I might have to change my mind, but... Uh, Joe Thiesman. Oh, yeah, Joe Thiesman. Like him. But Joe Thiesman's in the yeah. running for the Heisman. That's true. Oh, that's a good point. 
Cole Komet, I guess I want to kind of pull out a little surprise here. He's actually gone for me. Gone. Even in year two, he's actually just kind of gone for me. I don't have that. I don't have that tight end patience. Yeah, that is that is a special gift. But as someone who has that special tight end patience gift, let me just say, I never took the flyer on him. Uh, I usually, depending on what my roster situation looks like, I like to take a third round flyer on a tight end most years. You mm. get two years on the practice squad to let them simmer. Maybe they turn into a Dalton Schultz or a Higby. It's going to take a couple of years to get there. But when it came to Komet, I looked at him and I'm just, I, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. he, he's got size. I'm not sure how much, you know, these, these tight ends now, they're so, they're insane. You got guys like uh, Ertz when he was in his prime and, and Kelsey and Waller even converted from, I don't know what the hell they converted that beast from. But it's, he didn't seem to fit that mold of those tight ends for me. Yeah, yeah, he, I think, he, I mean, I think he had some blocking prowess coming out and supposed to be, I'm not going to wait around for the Bears. Like I said, we talked about this with Montgomery. There's not a lot of points to go around there. And these these rushing quarterbacks are really just eating up uh, receiving yardage. And when, when you got a tight end, and uh, you know, Mark Andrews may be an exception to this rule, but um, why would uh, a guy like Justin Fields do a five-yard checkdown pass to a tight end when he could just run for five yards. So I'm, I'm actually I'm, – he's not taking up a roster spot for me anymore. I'm going to let him go. If, if I'm eating my words, oh, well. But as far as Cole goes, I cannot commit. <laughs> oh, I'm calling it there. He's gone. <laughs> I've, I've heard enough. Or gone. <laughs> You got any, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but uh, got any trade targets this week? Unquiver your arrow and focus on your target with laser-like intensity. This is Trade Targets. Any guys that you uh, think, hey, maybe I would, uh, I want to buy low on. Somebody had uh, Jacobs on the block in one of my mm. dynasties. Um, he's another guy, a little bit younger, 23 in that exact same boat with Montgomery. He wants a one for him. I really consider doing it. God. I, mean, I feel like he's another guy that I trade for and don't feel good enough to start. Yeah. Like I love I the value long term, but I don't know that he helps me any right now. And if I go into next year without my one, I don't know how great I feel. Yeah. I don't think I can do Josh Jacobs for a one. Um, he is 23. Um, he has not his most rushing yards in a single game this year is 76. Hmm. He's yeah. I don't know. La Las Vegas like takes a talented player and, and poops on him. Like, like really they're like, Oh, it's the Raiders way. It's, it's the Raiders, you know, the Raiders. Uh, it's, uh, Darren Waller being the exception, but man. But yeah, look what's what's happened to him. He's been uh, right. he has been useless the last few weeks. If I could get rid of Josh Jacobs for a one in a league, I mean, I would I would make that move. Tasteful yeah. edit. <laughs> 
yeah, Josh, but again, Josh Jacobs, I, I, I don't give him a one. I want to have to go for Josh Jacobs. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if – can you get him for a two? That's probably as comfortable That's, as I would be, and someone's I mean, probably going to feel like I'd it, rather not. Yeah, it'd have to be like a two and a player. Mm-hmm. But then what are you giving up that's got enough value? Yeah. I just don't know what's going to happen there. Kenyon Drake's got play, and what was really weird this week, I watched that game. The first drive of the game, they got down inside the red zone, and Peyton Barber got the carry. That yeah. Was like, I was like, I'm out. Like It wasn't like the fourth quarter or they were up and winning or, or Jacobs needed rest. It was like, a planned thing that they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll put him in now. It's time for him to be in here. I, I, I didn't love that. You know, Gruden's coaching them from a fucking bunker somewhere. Right. Putting Peyton Barber. Right. He's a football player. He is a football player. No, it's football. <laughs> it's, it's the limited Gruden. fake Gruden. The, the guy that's replaced him. I, I don't know if you've seen him on the field, but he, he feels like he's just always telling himself, I don't think I'm doing too bad. <laughs> no, I haven't seen him. I'm, I'm going to have to look him up now. He's just kind of got that look to be like, you know, like, um, like if, if you were coaching like uh, summer league soccer and you really had to pee. So you had your uncle step in just, oh, I don't just, just tell him to, to, to run towards the other goal. They'll be fine. Yeah, like, tell oh, him they're doing okay. good. Yeah, tell him they're doing great. He's like that. That works for me. I've got a, I've got a player for you. Um, Want to see your value on this guy? Ooh. And this is, this is much more from a fantasy standpoint and not from this year. So I think when you and I were talking today, Josh Jacobs, Montgomery, those were guys that we were talking about giving up draft picks to win this year. Right. And this, this kind of trade is more of a. Oh, maybe I can get this guy on the cheap and he will help me next year sort of guy. So I'm going to throw out the name Jerry Judy, and I want to see how that how that rubs your nubbins. Interesting. Um, what, what's this year two for him? Year two for him, he was injured for a good chunk of the year. Okay, so even if he's in a, a practice squad situation where you've got two years protected on him, that's about to expire. So you're kind of in decision-making territory on him. And I I don't know, if you're approaching the end of the second year and you're still not sure, I think that kind of tells you uh, the situation. I don't know that I would pony up much of anything for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Right now, you're just going to do it based off potential. And 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 here's what makes me nervous about Jerry Judy right now. I think he's the. I think he's the most talented of the three wide receivers on the Broncos. Um, I think they have a really great wide receiver core, with no with not great quarterback play. So, they just. I mean, shocking because I said on here before, I'm a Broncos fan. They just signed Tim Patrick to a three-year deal, which I was like, sweet. Well, that means that that Cortland Sutton is not going to be signed because they've got Jerry Judy next year and they've got Tim Patrick next year. And then they went ahead and signed Cortland Sutton to a four-year deal the very next day. So you got Noah Fant, 
you've got Jerry Judy, you've got Cortland Sutton, and you've got Tim Patrick all locked up for the, at least the next two and a half seasons. Wow. Um, if I own Jerry Judy, I might want to try to move him just based off the name value right now. That that uh, potential is such a weird capital in Dynasty, and that shit can dissipate quick. Um, I said, uh, you got a guy his rookie year. There's some some cachet just off mm-hmm. the fact that he's a rookie, and then yep. you get into year two, and you find a lot of these guys. Second year players are oftentimes really great to target because some of that shine has worn off. Mm-hmm. The sh- the shiny the shiny new crop has shown up and taken all the attention, and and dudes that uh, were unmovable a year before suddenly become available. But you know you you kind of like I said if you if you haven't established yourself as a big time player by that stage, you're assuming a little bit of that risk. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so I guess uh, for me, I wanted to bring up the name just because uh, I think you can get him on the cheap. But the uh, question is, agreed. third round is probably my max for Judy he, right now. He's a lottery ticket. Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a ticket I'd be willing to scratch, but my my roster has to be in the right configuration to take on a wide receiver that I may or may not be able to play this year. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm getting a little uh getting a little stir crazy. Think I might have to uh to take a little flight here. Oh yeah? Yeah, I think I might have to, you know, take a little little trip. Oh, well if you're telling me we've got to go through the airport, I'm gonna to have to flush some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. So uh put balloons in your butthole and uh Try to not sweat as you walk through TSA because here we go. Shampoo! Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts. We're about to go around the world. Out of mercy. We can unfasten our seatbelts. The uh, stewardess has turned the lights on and they'll be serving small packages of peanuts and cheap liquor for the rest of the flight. Well, where, uh, where is our first destination? Let's let's swing by the AFC, but it's a little cool up here, so let's start down in the south this this week. Ah, tropical. Hmm, very nice. And there's nothing more tropical than the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we are talking wide receivers, and we we're going to go through and say, does this team have a number one wide receiver? Do you see someone who might be the the future number one wide receiver, or does this team not have? a number one wide receiver on their roster at all. So around the world wide receiver ones. I'm with it. All right, let's do that. So I'm going to start with the Colts and I'm going to throw out this question. Is Michael Pittman the number one wide receiver in Indy? Well, it ain't Zach Pascal. I'll tell you what. It ain't. And I don't think, I don't think you could say T.Y. Hilton's the number one there. No, no, um, no. So I'm going to say Pittman's the guy, and his needle is pointing up. He looks Agreed. He looks legit. Solid uh, dynasty pickup. Looks like uh, I would compare him to Mike Evans is who he looks like to me. The Houston Texans. Oh, God. Well, I guess it's got to be Cooks, right? Uh, I guess he would technically be their number one, but I don't think he's a true number one. He's great, but I don't think he's a number one. Um so I don't think that team has it right now. 
Well, I don't think that team has much of anything, but no. uh, <clears throat> if they do, it's it's Cooks. It's Cooks <laughs> is, is their de facto number one, dis, despite uh, Kid God. That's a gross roster. I know. That's when I, like, at night I get down on my knees and I thank the football gods that I ain't a fan of that sack of shit dumpster fire team. Amen. Speaking of dumpster fire sack of shit team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think they have. They don't have a lot of mercy. They that team. They lost DJ Shark. I don't know if he's ever a true number one. Anyways, Marvin Jones has not done it. Jamal, I don't think that team has a number one on their roster. No, Chenault was this flashy thing, and it's great because I remember there's some article came out and you know got aggregated that oh he's he compares to to Andre Johnson and yeah every. Everybody in every dynasty I had for about eight or nine days was just I have to have Lavisca Chenault Jr. When a when a team when a team thinks they should bring in Tim Tebow as a tight end in the preseason, they're not great judges of talent. Um, then you got the Tennessee Titans, and that's a no brainer. AJ Brown's the number one de facto wide receiver there. If the man could stay healthy, he would be a top five wide receiver every year. Yeah, Julio is done. Put a fork in him. We can travel on over to the AFC North. Baltimore Ravens, you've got Marquise Brown as the number one. I'll admit I got some bias against the guy. I still don't. (laughs) I I traded him away because I was sick of dealing with him. I still don't trust. I mean, I know he's, he's been on, he went on a hot streak from like right before the playoffs last year until like halfway this season, but as soon as you get one other usable piece like a Rashad Bateman, it just I don't trust consistent production out of the wide receiver spot in Baltimore. So hands down, Marquise Brown is the guy. Yes, I'm biased. Um, so I'll admit he's not a number one entirely to me, but uh, fantasy scoring wise, he is. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't generally care for real, real short guys. I think he's another dude who's like five eight, mm-hmm. something like that. Um not a big fan. Definitely explosive speed. I don't like the Baltimore offensive passing situation. Um, that's a thing that I could say every season for about 20-something years. Mm-hmm. City is pretty consistently uh, bad. Uh, you got the Cincinnati Bengals. That quickly became an obvious one. Jamar Chase, hands right. down. I mean, man, we were excited about T. Higgins last year. We were excited about Tyler Boyd. The year before that, we certainly are no longer excited about any of those guys. Chase has hands down won it. Yeah, he just came in and took that thing. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns, they do not legit have a number one wide receiver. I'd say Jarvis. Yeah, he is. He's just hurt all the time. He's kind of older, and he's not, uh, you know, he's he's, to me, he's an amazing complimentary wide receiver, but they never got him a good compliment. That's, I think that's what the Odell experiment was. Like I said, they never got him a good compliment. Uh, Steelers, man. Who's your one in Pittsburgh right now? It's got gotta be Deontay. Um, Deontay. My, my love for Claypool is documented, but he's that big frame, big shot downfield guy. And Deontay's just, <clears throat> He's such a target hog. 
great route runner, faster than hell. He's, uh, yeah, he's PPR gold. He is. Let's quickly move over to the West here. Denver Broncos. We already kind of talked about this situation. I don't think they have a number one. Clear number one, I think they have three wide receivers who could be a number one any given week, but I don't think there's a clear number one there. The Chiefs, uh, it's obvious it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah. No one else. How about the Raiders? I I was just going to say, if any situation were to arise where the number one receiver is not a receiver, um, Kansas City would be a close second only to the Raiders, whose number one wide receiver is, in fact, the the tight end. Yeah, and it's there's no question there. So right, I th- it's I think not up for debate. <laughs> no, there's there's no wide receiver one in Las Vegas. I guess in Las Vegas, uh, the number one wide receiver would play the slot. Thank God I have sound effects now. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the Chargers. Yeah, he's getting up there in years. But yeah, until someone knocks him off the pedestal, I'd call him the one. Yep. Uh, Similar situation. I know not the same type of player, but similar to like uh, how long Heinz Ward was the number one in Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Plexico Burst is there. He'll become the one. Heinz Ward is still there as the one. Let's round out the AFC here with the East. The Bills, it's clearly Stefan Diggs. No debate there. Dolphins, I guess we'd have to say Waddle is becoming the one. Yeah, I don't know who else you'd call a one there. Uh, we've kind of already talked about this uh, through free agency, but New England Patriots don't have a number one wide receiver in no. fact Kendrick Bourne would be their number one wide receiver and you can get him almost anywhere and if you can't just wait a week you'll get him the yeah. next one right yep uh and then to run at the FC we got uh the New York Jets and, you know Elijah Moore's been coming on lately he kind of is that Marquise Brown style player he doesn't have the wide receiver one body necessarily but he's getting a ton of targets but um I don't know if I can call him a wide receiver one yet because he hasn't been a wide receiver one with uh, Zach Wilson as the quarterback. Well, Zach Wilson's no Joe Flacco. You've been Flacco. He's no Joe Flacco, and he's certainly no Mike White, and he's certainly (laughs) no Josh Johnson. When he outscores Patrick Mahomes, then then I'll I'll be here for it. Let's just roll right into the NFC and start off with the Dallas Cowboys because that was supposed to be a really exciting game. Mahomes versus Dak, and they both pooped their pants. I think Dak scored me like minus two in a league I played in. Legit got me negative points. Yeah, it was a terrible game, and Mahomes didn't do any better. This is a good debate. Who is the number one in Dallas? Is it Cooper? Is it C.D. Lamb? I don't know. I guess I look at uh, Lamb as the guy. If everything else is equal, he has the age advantage. So I guess I tilt it to him in that respect. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd call him the one. I'd say I'd say CD's uh, definitely earned it. I know Cooper and Dak have a good connection. Um, but, you know, if we are a Dynasty podcast, then I would say 
I, I, I agree with you entirely. The New York Giants, I guess we could say Kadarius Tony. people keep t- on talking about how he's going to be great. Well, what happened with Galladay? I... He's god-awful, eh? They, he's not he, good. But he was solid. Mm. Like, he yeah. had, like, double-digit touchdown seasons, did he not? I will say this. If you remember the the those three, last three seasons of Detroit with Matt Stafford there. Yeah, no one really does. To. But go back, like, like, just pain yourself and try to remember how many fantasy points the Detroit Lions put up in the fourth quarter for about three years. Because it was, like, Stafford had, like, 400 yards passing every game, and 250 of them were in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, it's like, yeah. and Galladay was the benefit of all of that stuff. He is right. actually not a phenomenal player. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. I've been deceived by the points. Yeah, because he hasn't done anything with the Giants, and he was fully healthy and back last night against Tampa Bay, and they were yeah. down. The whole, and the he whole was game. like uh, third or fourth in targets. Yep. Yeah. He just he just isn't winning his matchups. He's just not elite. Uh, uh, Tony yeah. is like the guy I'd want to own, but I wouldn't feel good about starting him right now. Trying to divest myself of the entire situation. Yeah, I think I think getting away from the Giants is a solid move right now. We should go on to the the Eagles. Clearly, for me, it's clearly Devonte Devonte Smith. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna. I, I do believe he's gonna be something special. I really do. Um, the question is, will they will they pass more, or is is this what we can expect from the Eagles? Like, well, as Hertz gets more comfortable, as he begun be a better passer or is this what we see from the eagles until hurts just till he gets hurts um we go on to the washington football team and it's scary terry mclaurin and there's really no debate yeah yep open and shut yep uh let's let's go out to the west the cardinals have DeAndre Hopkins when he's healthy. There's clearly, uh, with the mess that's been there since he's been gone, there's no question he's the number one wide receiver. Agreed. Um, the Rams is easy. They've got Cooper Cup. I have nothing to add here. The 49ers have Debo Samuel. Not a mercy. And the Seattle Seahawks have DK Metcalf. Oh, you could maybe, maybe debate Tyler Lockett versus DK Metcalf because they yeah. alternate games. But right now with the Lockett state has that, been hugely productive. The state of that offense, though, man, <laughs> something's wrong. That <laughs> Their quarterback got pins in his hands. And, and they're, <clears throat> they got no running game. They've got no quarterback. They've got no defense. Their pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> it's it's not good out there. I mean, really, they they could use a thirteenth and fourteenth man right now. Let's go. Let's go up north, eh, where we reside. The Chicago Bears. I think something just switched this week. Agreed. Uh, I think uh, Darnell Mooney's the number one, and uh, 
Well, I would say any wide receiver that can be productive in that mess is impressive. And uh, Mooney's now built some consistency. I, I like him. And according to Chris Sims, three rockets up his ass. Mm, that's a lot of rocket. Yeah, I'm not quite clear on the scale, but uh, I know it's a very, very good designation. That's high honors. The Detroit Lions, I don't believe they have a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, or a wide receiver three. I feel like they've got a lot of wide receiver fours on that team. Yeah, and they've got like a QB seven yeah. in, in Boyle starting. Well, he's yeah. probably just as good as Jared Goff. That's actually what I said, but I looked at the numbers today, and he was worse. 15 completions, 8 incompletions, 77 yards, 2 interceptions, negative .63. So he actually was worse than Goff. Wow. Well, good for him. He's a a true lion. Tradition. (laughs) That's what I like about those guys. Just tradition. Let's go to the Packers and uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's pretty open and shut right there. And uh, I feel the same with the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is clearly... I I feel like the Jefferson-Thielen situation is very similar to the C.D. Lamb-Cooper situation. Right. I'm I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Thielen's still productive, but he's on the wrong side of 30. You've had him for a long time. I actually got him off the wire. Would you say that you're hooked on a Thielen? I, I am. I I just can't quit him. <laughs> we got one less division to go here. We're gonna head down into the south. We spoke a little bit about this team. Atlanta doesn't really have a number one wide receiver, and rest Ridley comes back. Um, there's no one there. Kyle Pitts, yes, but yeah, he is pretty much receiver. their one right now. Yes. Uh, if it's between him and Gage uh, or Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, yeah. Zach, you know what? You know what? You know what? You just made the list. No matter how you pronounce it, it ain't him either. We'll go to Carolina. DJ Moore, clear cut. No question Indeed. there. Uh, we go to Tampa Bay. You know, it's Mike Evans. On a given week, it can be Chris Godwin. But for the most part, Mike Evans is is a true wide receiver one body type. Right. Um, Love him. Godwin, wherever he goes next year, will be their wide receiver one. He's going to get himself paid. And then the uh, the New Orleans Saints, they don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't have a number one quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if if Thomas comes back, what he's got left. He's out for the year. Oh, I know, but I mean, yeah. even next year. Oh, yeah. No, um, no. I don't know if he's a guy that I'll give you a, a sack of biscuits for. Mm-mm. I would not. Um, Tasty, delicious buttermilk biscuits. Yeah, I mean, you're he's going to be coming off uh, injured season, and <laughs> I don't. He's even... he's already disgruntled, and now yeah. the quarterback situation <laughs> has gotten precipitously worse it's gotten yeah trevor simeon i I went through that experiment in denver it's bad it's It's not bad at least they signed Taysom hill to some weird contract so yeah they they gave him quarterback money to not be a quarterback solid move right solid move i mean but as as a quarterback he's a great tight end yeah agreed agreed well 
looks like we've uh, we've made it around the world. Those wide receiver ones. It's time to uh, time to head back home. Hot damn! I always come back from these drunk. Yeah, that's the only way to come back from around the world flights. Yeah, especially if your last stop was New Orleans. <laughs> that's fair. Fair. I don't think we remembered to list off some just random wide receiver names. After we oh, that's down. true. TJ Hushmanzada. Oh, I can't believe I have him on. My I took list. him off your list, didn't I? Oh, God, that's so good. Oh man, such a such a good one. Bring it uh, on. Oh man, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to say Tory Holt. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, like love me some Tory Holt. Um, Steve Breston. Oh wow. Steve yeah, Breston. you like that? Wow, that's just so random. I know. Uh, I got that kind of shocked me. It kind of sent me real in there. Uh, here's a fun one for you because I don't think a lot of people know this. Um, how about Ed McCaffrey? Oh, that takes me back. You know, he is actually Christian McCaffrey's dad. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Jackson. Oh, nice. DJ. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Big fan. I think I'm going to wrap wrap this segment up with, with a wide receiver that both you and I have talked about many different times over the years. And uh, maybe I'm drawing a line here, but this fellow was really good at drawing a line. And I'd like to talk about Matt Jones. In fairness, he was in Florida. Yeah, he was a <laughs> He won't be the last Jacksonville wide receiver to be caught sniffing coke in his car. No, as long as it wasn't off of an alligator, I think we're all right. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what you call that when you slip cocaine off an alligator? That's known as a LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> 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 <That's> quality. <laughs>